Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Hamburger Generation, Jeel Al Hamburger. On today's episode, we sit down with a fellow podcaster, Digital Hoose. He has two podcasts named Let's Take This Online and The Tangent. Digital Hoose sits with us and takes us through his personal transition story on how hitting rock bottom made him become his authentic self and who he is today. Enjoy! So, Digital Hoose. Digital Hoose, that's me. Do people call you Digital Digital Hoose? probably call me Hoose mostly. Well, where'd you get that name from? I don't know. I don't know why I had this thought. This I thought I had a while ago. I'm like, my name's Hassan Al Hajj, right? I want to get content that's going to be ap- applicable to white people. Mm. White people cannot pronounce my name, and Al Hajj maybe does not have the best ring to it. So I got to come up with something better. Then people also used to call me Hoose. I'm like, all right, cool, that makes sense. I love digital. I'm in digital. Digital Hoose. Okay. Click. Why? Why are you trying to mark like target the West? I'm trying to target everyone. So when I run ads on my podcast, I run in, uh, via the whole world. Okay. So I don't want to, I'm not just. You want to be like international, Isaac. Well, yeah, because my content is not just Middle East centric, right? Okay. So I'm trying to get more people. Yeah, that makes sense. So you got to have to play it. I don't like it. Pseudonyms are, I don't know. Mm. But everyone has it. For example, you have Jason Capital. His name is something else. And, you know, Gary V is Gary Vaynerchuk. So everyone has like a kind of a pseudonym in today's world. True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Everyone has a stage name. Like J-Lo. Yeah. Yeah. Like Beautiful Lentil. Exactly. Is that you? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> because it's your last name, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Jamil Adas. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. It's a good one. I gotta say, I'm really proud of you. With it's that it's, one it's really smart. It's a really it's good really one. Because mine doesn't work at all. <laughs> it's not Long <laughs> questful journey through the night. <laughs> Just that on its own. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> Yeah, so at first for Digital Hoose was just the name. I'm like, it kind of became like a content hub. So now everything's falling under Digital Hoose, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's how it's, that's how it's become. Okay. So everything. So all my podcasts are now a part of Digital Hoose Network. And like the journey I'm on right now with the reading, I'm doing like 12 books a month, six audiobooks a month, is all under this Digital Hoose knowledge journey. So I think it's become like a content mm-hmm. hub. So mm-hmm. it's kind of evolved organically. Okay. Instead okay. of just being, oh, this is just a pseudonym, right? Because I'm, I'm on this like journey of authenticity. So whatever it goes, it will go. I'm not going to fake it. That's basically what we're on. I wonder if we've ever faked it. Have you ever faked it? Sure, everyone has at some point. Faked it till we never made it. <laughs> that flies <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> faked it till we never made it. <laughs> Where did Hamburger Generation come from? I feel like it's kind of my dad. You know, it's like a thing that's, it's a very like Arab parent thing to say to like the millennial generation. Like, oh, yeah, Jill Hamburger. Like, yeah, because of know? McDonald's, right? Basically. Yeah, like because we eat burgers. Yeah, We're the first lines, generation yeah. that's exposed to the West. Well, even, even though the actual hamburger and McDonald's was made in baby boomer age, right? You have the McDonald's brothers in but California. But like the exposure the 50s. to the Middle Easterners and the Western culture and the way that, you know, we're brought up maybe in a more westernized sure. way. Yeah. Like literally, Isra's dad used to look at us like what, someone's complaining. Oh, the the Wi-Fi is so slow. And we'll come to Jeed al hamburger. Fishman kufayd. It could really go on. No, it doesn't get that much. <laughs> so you know you guys know Gary Vee, right? Yeah. Right. No. You know, 
You don't know Gary Vee? No. Gary Vee's a he's, he's really big right now. He, he's a, he owns a media agency in the states. He's also this, uh, you know a superstar in terms of like public speaking, inspiration, motivation, right? And he's one of those people who always talks about how you know his upbringing and his life, for example, made him naturally empathetic and naturally accountable and a hustler and et cetera, et cetera. I love Gary Vee. Like he 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 was he was there when I needed a positive voice. So that's why you know he's very special to me. But he talks about people were the complete opposite from him, and that was me, mm. the complete opposite of Gary Vee. So I grew up not impoverished, for happy home, right? My parents are great; they did their best. But for some reason, I was unaccountable. I took no accountability. I did. I was non empathetic. I couldn't understand a person's point of view. I'd only just get angry. No emotional awareness, mm. right? And that's that's how I was, and it was really strange. Were you aware of it at that time? No, I was completely not self-aware, right? Okay. So I had a lot of, uh, growing up, I had a lot of conflict issues. I used to get bullied a lot, mm-hmm. you know, even though I'm a very tall guy. I used to get bullied a lot, maybe because I was an easy target for the bullies, maybe, you know what I mean? The big guy who doesn't fight back, right? So I think that translated in my adult life as someone who tried to fit wherever you wanted to, right? I used to call myself like a chameleon. I was really proud of it. Like I could be friends with you and I'd go friends with someone very different. I used to be proud of it. Back then it was like, that, it's not authentic, right? It's the mm-hmm. complete opposite of authentic. You're you're a fake person just so you can belong, right? Accommodating. Yeah. You, you, you'll you be whatever that person wants you to be. So you could become his friend, right? Ooh. So like a chameleon. And I used to be so proud of myself for it. Looking back, I'm like, what a silly thing to be proud of, right? What age is this? Late teens, early 20s. Okay. Right? And I was a person I would never used to take blame. Completely unaccountable. I used to blame everything. Blame whatever you want, right? I'd blame friends, blame God, blame parents, mm. blame... Uh, the referee. Teachers, blame the referee, blame whatever. Blame everything except yourself, right? So I got to a point when I was 26 years old. I was in Dubai. Because I moved here when I was, what, 24? You moved here for work? I moved here for work. Um, I started working here. And at the age of 26, I hit the most rock bottom. I hit my rock bottom. I think everyone has a different rock bottom in life, right? Everyone's very different. I can't say that my rock bottom is more unique than anyone else's, right? It was unique to me. Very true. Um, and I believe I hit a rock bottom in every aspect of my life. Physically, I had broken my leg. So that was my rock bottom, right? Mentally, I was down, I was very negative. Financially, I was broke. And I talk about it openly. I was so broke, I couldn't afford water for a week. When you're in Dubai, you can't, you're in Dubai, mm. you can't afford water. I had to steal water from work. You know how they give you bottles in media agencies? I would take six or seven every day. Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. I couldn't afford water. And you can't drink the tap water here. Yes. Yeah. And literally, I had, I had zero. Zero, like my bank account was zero dirhams. Damn, how like did you not, get there? Not even That's coins, awesome. nothing. I was so deep in debt. Because I, com- I accumulated so much debt by my first year here. Mm-hmm. So my side, I was losing like two-thirds to debt. And then you lose another bit to rent. And then another bit to gas, but to food. you have a job. I had a job. Uh, so but like a week, but a week before I get paid, that week I'm, I'm so broke, okay, I steal water from work. I see, yeah. So seven days, you're like, like I would, I, what I do is I have like a lot of tuna in the cupboard. So I would eat. It's like I'm not eating, right? I'll be dead. But I'd have no water. <laughs> yeah. That was tough, man. Yeah, that's that's tough, that, how right? did you get yourself into that position? Uh, so I moved in, moved to Dubai, uh, moved in with a friend of mine, and we took a place. And obviously, when you move, you know how Dubai is, right? It's a, it's a check, yeah. right? I don't have any money. My parents didn't give me any money. So, right, fine. So take a loan for the mm. first rent, right? Mm. Then you take a credit card. Then the credit card accumulates, so you pay your furniture. Now you're paying off debt off the credit card because you maxed out your credit card. Then I was such a bad roommate. I was such a bad friend to that guy, and I probably treated him really badly. He's like, I don't want to live with you anymore. You're on your own again. Cool, you have to move to another place. That's mm. another 30K. Mm. Who has 30K? That's another loan. 
Yeah. yeah. See, get all these things add up. It's like I was spending popping bottles. Yeah. I was paying rent. <laughs> That's I why I was asking. Rent. I wanted to know if you were yeah. popping bottles. No, I really wasn't. It was just. <laughs> it was like, just like it was just me being a, not a good person, putting other people like in, in annoying ways that they don't want to be around me, hmm. and then they'd leave, and then I'm stuck there paying another rent check with a loan, and then another one with a loan, and it accumulates. And now you're yeah. like, I'm in a lot of debt. I can't afford. Loans That's, scare me, man. Loans, man. Loans they're scary, man. Scary. And then I had a student loan as well. I was paying a thousand five hundred dirhams for. I'm still paying up. I'll be done with it in September, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Why did I get a student loan? Because I had to get a master's degree. Why did I get a master's degree? Because you're an Arab kid. You can't be an Arab kid without a master's degree. Yeah. <laughs> you're caring about what other people think about you, <laughs> right? Because you don't want your fourth cousin six times removes dog waters dog walker's cousin <laughs> to think that you're not smart enough, right? Yeah. That's the Arab world we live for in, sure. right? Yeah. For sure. And my parents wanted me an engineer. Didn't do it engineering. Dropped out of that one. Mm. You know what I mean? So every every decision I took that had to do with someone else's opinion. Ended up being a bad decision. So anyway, can't afford water. Broke my leg. Had no friends. Had no girlfriend. Mm. Uh, my relationship with my parents was not good because I blamed them for everything. So then I looked around, right? You're sitting there. I'm like crying every night. Literally, I'm crying. You're going to sleep crying. I was sitting there. I remember one day I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, who's left to blame? So I go through my blame checklist. Blamed him. Broke my leg. Blamed him. I'm broke. Blamed blah, blah. Then I got to the end. I'm like, there's no one left. Mm. There's no one left. Except one person, mm. myself. 26 years, I've never blamed myself. So eventually I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, all right, man, you suck. You got you to gotta change this, right? You can't keep doing this. And ever since then, it's just been, I've been on like a journey. It's been five years now, 26, 31. Self-improvement. First thing I did, man, I drowned out negativity, man. I used to love to listen to sad music. I still do. Sad music is fun. But when you're, when you're negative and you listen to sad music, it just makes you more negative. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love Three Doors Down, right? I love listening to it now. But when you're sad and you're singing back, what's that song? London? No, I woke up. You know, it's a really good song, right? Sing it for us, please. No, I, I, do, I cannot <laughs> sing it. Don't know the lyrics. I do not have a singing voice. Uh, so you get to that point is where negative music just made you really sad. A lot more sad than you are, right? So then I cut out negative music. And I'm like, cool, I need positivity. I found Gary Vee. That's when I discovered Gary Vee five years ago. Listen to him on loop, right? Joe Rogan, listen to him on loop. Uh, David Goggins Joe on Rogan loop. Joe Rogan helps promote positivity? 100%. Yeah, I believe it. 100%. The people Rolling he has on. Rolling my eyes. What are you talking about? The guy records maybe 10 hours of podcast a day. He hunts. He's a comedian. He's an actor. UFC, the guy's, the guy's a hustler. A lot of knowledge uh, dropped in his podcast, which I find to be For me, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan is just trying to learn. And he, he's exactly what I'm trying to do. He's trying Curious, to learn. And he just sure. wants to share... He's going to learn regardless, so at least he'll record it. That's mm. what I like about it, right? So all of this is happening organically? Organically. Like as in it's coming from within you. You well, have decided to yeah. take the step. You're the one pushing yourself to do all of these things. I like, had to. And it, do you think it's because you hit rock bottom? Yeah. Like what so is the catalyst? Uh, Jordan, Jordan Peterson talks about how it's really important. Out of suffering, good things come, right? Mm. I think I had to hit rock bottom. If I never did, and I hit them all at once. It's not like I was broke one year and then no friends another. It came all at once. One huge meteor of negativity hit me at once, right? I think I had to hit that bottom. A fuck ball. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> A big old shit ball. So looked in the mirror. And like again, I just drowned out negativity with positivity. 24-7 links to these guys, 24-7. Mm. And it obviously didn't happen overnight, which mm. is the fact that I got rid of negativity, started blaming myself. Well, it was a big one. Taking accountability was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness was huge. David Goggins talks about you got to look into an accountability mirror, right? So I started looking at myself in the mirror. All right, man, you suck. You're fat. You got no friends. You got no girlfriend. Your relationships suck. Things are got to change. And slowly over time, I changed, right? 
What was your first step towards change? I think just admitting my faults. Yeah, but after that. Letting go of resentment. I, had a lot, I would hold grudges. Because you know when Ooh. you have no confidence, you hold grudges. The grudges are toxic, man. Yeah, so like, I just let them go. I'm never going to talk to this yeah, person again. Yeah, I just let them go. I just let them go. You know, I stopped blaming my parents for, for making me do things and stopped blaming you know, my friends for making me do things or, or ex-girlfriend. I just let them like, all go. Mm. And like, you, like, I, I couldn't believe how much stress I was under for years. It's horrible. How do you let go of grudges? I have no idea how it happened. It just one day I woke up, I'm like, I don't, I don't like really care about these, these negative emotions anymore. And then I started not caring what people think about me. But first it started by me actually saying it to myself. Don't care what that person thinks. Don't care about what that person thinks. Mm. Eventually you keep saying it to yourself. You, you believe it, right? The, mm. mind's, the mind can be tricked. So I did all that. Uh, kept getting, I got, then I started getting better jobs, higher paying salaries, started paying off the debt, closing credit cards, paying off the debt, fixing relationship with friends, calling up friends I hurt or friends, you know, saying, I re- I'm really sorry. I was not a good person five years ago. I did not treat you right. You know, apologizing take accountability, all that. And then happily I met my wife just while I'm in this in this, pro- in this process. And, it, and she was super supportive. And I was very clear from the beginning, I'm on this journey right now. And I used to be a chronic liar. I used to love to lie. Oh my God, I loved it. Ooh, I tell to, us about that. I, used to, I, I was so good at lying. Like it was, like, cause I think it's cause I'm trying to hide the truth and I don't want to be myself. So you'd lie and you just became so, I became so good at lying. Give us an example. Whatever you want. I've lied about everything. What do you want? Like, uh, like, like you're hanging out with friends. What yeah. would you lie about with friends? Lie about how great my job's going. Lie about promotions. Lie about you know girls I've been with. Mm. Everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's all. It's all to feed this, this this ego you have inside and to not feel the it negativity. Is ego it's driven, ego. isn't it's it? Ego. Right? Ego is the devil. Because humility is you saying I suck, mm. right? And then your ego goes, oh, you can't say that because if you say I suck to your friend, and he's gonna think less of you, and your ego's like, no, no, I gotta be the man. Yeah, well, Marcus Aurelius used to have a, a person who used to walk behind him, and every time someone would praise him, he'd whisper in his ear, "You're just a guy. You're just a man." Mm. Oh damn! He would have That's a servant good. walking behind him, saying, "You're just a man." You're but like a having man. a servant in well, itself is like pretty like. It's Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a Roman it's like emperor. Counterproductive. There. I know. It's a <laughs> Roman. Work harder. <laughs> it's it's a Roman emperor, so you got to give him that, right? But that was pretty cool. Anyway, so did all that, and then slowly things got better. And now I'm in a place today where I don't have debt. I'm not negative, super positive, and I'm on this journey of knowledge growth and being completely authentic and real. Mm-hmm. And I'm absolutely loving it. I have okay. three podcast shows, very successful career. Me and my wife are like the best relationship. Me and my dad have the best relationship ever. He's my best friend. I just booked us a trip to Scotland, so we're going to be going on a trip to Scotland. Super happy about it. And yeah, that's basically where I am today. Okay. Took five years, hard five years. I always tell people, man, don't do it on your own. I did it on my own. It's not easy. It's grueling, and, it takes, and you're going to cry, and you're going to feel defeated. If you can talk to a therapist, you can talk to someone, talk to someone. Don't do it alone. Mm. Doing it alone sucks. So why didn't you talk to a therapist? Ego. So there you go. Like, Even after all that, there was still an ego. Mm-hmm. But if I could go back in time and talk to 26-year-old Hassan, I'd be like, dude, go. Here's a number. Call someone, or at least talk to someone. Okay, but like, what else is still on that list? You can't say like at thirty-one, I'm done. Like, no, I'm, there's I'm done. N- you're I'm never done. Like, you're never done. I think it's, I think it's a life mission. I yeah. don't think I don't think it's a it's not a hack. It's not like a it's not like a goal. I think it's a mission of life, right? Okay. So you're, I don't think I'm ever done. Mm-hmm. But at least things I've eliminated, I'm gonna make sure they don't come back. Like lying, for example, I'm done with that. I'm now brutally honest. I'm the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Super authentic, like okay, I, the word I keep loving to say, <laughs> right? Word of the day, authentic. It's a, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great word. It's a great word. So all these things, man, you can stop. 
And it's just the idea is just don't let it come back. I remember I, we used to have some a couple of friends like around our group, like not solid friends in the group, but a couple of friends that like would come every now and again, who everyone knew were were chronic liars. Like yeah. Like compulsive liars. But people can tell people aren't stupid, man. Yeah. But the thing is, the chronic liar will think that he's smarter than everyone else, right? So he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, everyone's believing my lies and not, no one's buying it. No yeah. one's buying shit, right? Yeah. And like they would tell these lies and we're all thinking, like, like I just wouldn't understand why are you lying? I, I just didn't get it. Unnecessary things. You should feel, man. Be, be empathetic, man. Feel bad for them, man. That's what I was yeah, going to say. I would, for I would feel so bad. Like, what a, what a, dark place to be yeah, in it's a horrible place. that like your mm. actual existence isn't enough that you feel yeah. you have to add to you, it. yeah you're like what i am isn't good enough therefore let me pretend to be something else yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah the whole chameleoning thing like being someone else like if i'm in a g- bunch of like rigi- religious people i'll be like the biggest sheikh out of them all yeah and if i'm mm. with like you know sports guys then i'll be like oh well i met ronaldo last summer you know whatever <laughs> people say about soccer i know nothing yeah, about soccer. Same. <laughs> I, is ronaldo says, a soccer player yes. i don't know <laughs> you got it you got it there's there many ronaldos though yeah but yeah, I mean that that in itself is kind of sad, right? It is very sad. Yeah. I mean, children do lie, but I feel like it's something you grow out of it. I think kids lie because they're trying to test their limits. Mm-hmm. And it's up to adults to kind of let them understand their limits. So if a kid lies, he gets away with it, he knows he can lie again. But if he doesn't get away with it, he understands the limit, right? Mm. True, true. Like the other day, Tamara came home and she was like, my daughter, yeah. she was super stressed. Because her friends were coming over on the weekend and then she was like, I told my friends that I live in a palace and I have a pool and I have all <laughs> oh. this stuff. And then I was like, you put that on yourself like that. And then I, I was, th- I was, I had to like give her a speech on like, but what we have is great. You don't need to lie. Like, you you know what I mean? No, like so. as a kid. Yeah. But you know, the media, you got to blame the media, man. <laughs> the media, it's all on sure. the media. So, okay. All of us, have lied at some point oh, in our sure. lives. What is the worst lie that you and you ever told? I'd, I don't I don't think I'm a liar in that <sighs> sense. You've never lied? <sighs> like, okay, maybe I've lied to my oh, parents. I'll, gi- I'll give you the teenager. best lie I ever told. Yeah. Okay. I told my dad I was still, I was still registered in engineering for th- well, what, three years. I took marketing courses. Oh, that's funny. Ooh, that's harsh. <laughs> yeah, it's harsh. It's harsh. Yeah. Ooh, and how was it? I would, but the thing is, I wouldn't just lie to him. <laughs> Dude, I would like, have to lie to everyone, right? Because <laughs> I can't like, let my sisters know the truth because they'll tell my dad. Yeah. So uh, then yeah. I can't let my friends know the truth because they might let you. So I was lying to like <laughs> tens of people. Yeah. And then I would go to class. I pretend I'm going to engineering class and you kind of divert and you go to your marketing class. <laughs> that's a lot of, that's yeah. so tiring. That's it the is. worst part about lying when you're like, oh, now I got to lie about this because. There's layers to yeah, it. Yeah, then like add It's it, horrible. Add it, and it you understand the stress thing. you go through. Yeah. Like I would, when I, when I got rid of all that 26, I literally felt I, I aged, like I got younger and all the stress. Went I was carrying so much on my shoulders. So how so how did your your dad finally find out about? Well, it got to a point is where I was still registered engineering, taking marketing courses. So when you're in university, taking non courses that's not they all count as electives. Mm-hmm. So my elective courses were in like the eighty something percentile, mm-hmm. but then my main courses were zero because I wasn't going to class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my average was fifty. So I got kicked out because uh-huh. I got I got expelled. So I had to go to another university, and I got told at that point. Mm. Right. He got so angry. He, he, I think he got more angry that I held the lie for so long. We're talking about years. Yeah, that's like a 
Yeah. That that accumulates that so horrible. much. Horrible. Horrible. Like, I can't even imagine how much how much how much that's gonna affect oh, my lifespan. Problem with lying too is that you really get into the details when oh. you're telling a lie. You know, yeah, you try yeah. to like elaborate so more. I have create, you have to create worlds. You have to create worlds, right? You have to create worlds of your courses and and then the people you know that are engineering that they don't see you. Where are you, Hassan? I'm like, oh, I'm actually. It's we're talking about it, it, compound, it expounds, right? Yeah. Expands. That's insanity. What yeah. you're describing. Yeah, it's horrible. It's a slippery slope. And imagine you're doing this in your early twenties when you're developing, right? It's not. It's not good. That's like when you're supposed to be finding yourself, and you're like losing it yeah it's also a reflection of us in the arab world and how much pressure we put on our children Hmm. to be specific majors and maybe our kids are not adept at actually saying no Mm -hmm. i couldn't tell my dad no you know because you don't want to disappoint your parents my dad always wanted me to be an engineer so i said yes right instead of me saying no and actually if i had said no we would have fought for how long a couple days a week a month yeah but then the rest of that time would have been good because i got to do what i want but instead what happened i said yes and then we fought for years and then resentment built for years. Yeah. So Unfortunately though, like when you're when you're at that age, you don't even know that saying no is an option. hundred percent. You you're just not aware True. that your parents are thinking that you might say no. You just think that yes is the only possibility. You know 100%. what I mean? Well, think about this way, right? Your frontal cortex only develops at 26. So you're not even a full, your brain's not even an adult until you're 26. Mm-hmm. Then we're asked at the age of 18 to make a decision on a career that we're supposed to do for the rest of our lives when our brain hasn't developed. So I've even changed the way I look at education. Same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and the frontal lobe has to do with your sexuality and your emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. right? And that's not even developed until your late 20s. So what are we talking about? Which is funny because that actually coincided the moment where I hit rock bottom was 26. Yeah. Kind of all kind of aligned in a weird way. True. Yeah, I I used to teach uh, high school a few years ago. All right, cool. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, okay, obviously, uh, let's say I was, I don't know, 27 when I was teaching high school. As a 27-year-old, when I me and my friends would be hanging out or whatever, I'd be like, oh my gosh, we're so young and hip. We're, we're exactly as we were when we were 18, right? But the only moment you realize that you are not as you were when you're 18 is when you see other 18-year-olds. So when I would be teaching these like grade 12 students i'd just be like god damn they're so immature and so like living in a bubble i have no idea how society expects them to make a decision that like is going to set their whole life in motion like it's almost unfair like who chose this magical age of 18 becoming you know Mm -hmm. the year that you decide you like who's like maybe school should be till you're like well, twenty one. Right? The, your entire education structure and university structure was made back in the day where there was no social media, where everyone became a worker, right? Yeah. Coal miners, truck drivers, right? So the entire system is actually made for you to become like even the way you're in the classroom and you have to raise your hand and the way you sit and you have to go to the bath to go to the bathroom, that's just people being bred to become working in factories. Sure. Lot, lot, you know, people working on a line. Those days are done. We have robots now who do that, but we still have not changed our education system, mm-hmm. right? If you, do you follow Prince EA, yes, he has a great video about the. You saw that one, the yeah. the, the one with school on trial. That he says it perfectly. Yeah. So that's true. True that. I support what you're saying, hundred yeah. percent. Appreciate it. Thank you. As our listeners would know, you know, our avid listeners, because <laughs> yeah. I in in September I took my daughter out of school and I was homeschooling her. Nice. Just for a few months for fun. So they don't, she doesn't get sick? Kids pick up everything. No, right? not yeah. about being sick. Just like mix it up. Like why keep her in like such a regimented, you know, very demanding What well, for the social school? environment? 
Social environment was fine because we had so much free time. So she was doing like a lot of... I mean like social environment with other kids? Yeah. She was doing a lot of the activities that she does love, you know? Like we had a lot more time to concentrate on like gymnastics and her jiu-jitsu and she was doing a lot more activities. And she didn't have to be like drained and tired all the time. And really it was just like an hour a day of learning. And some days I would genuinely wake up and be like, I don't want to teach anything today. But then you start to realize... That children are naturally curious and naturally want to learn. We don't necessarily have to put them in a classroom and have a teacher yell at them for them to want to learn, you know? I completely agree. So it's Mm. like a natural thing that we have as humans. Uh, But yeah, maybe it's just been created in a way now where we think that it's not natural and that we have to force it on children. You know, you just got to be authentic and organic. 100%. Agree. <laughs> I can't wait till like my kid comes up to me if he's 18 and he's like I don't want to go to university I'm like alright cool don't go mm-hmm. yeah oh you have a kid no 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 kids yeah. oh, okay. I'm saying the day when that will happen when that happens yeah you, would you say would you be like nah, I'll be like okay. listen I'll be like listen you gotta know what you want or at least at least have something you're gonna do you can't just sit Seriously. on the couch yeah. don't yeah. sit on the couch if you like, like playing music that's cool go, go internship in a studio for no money I'll cover everything else and learn music or if you want to become a skateboarder alright cool go find I don't know some new age Tony Hawk like hold his skateboards for a few years until he teaches you that's cool with me but don't just do nothing yeah right do something hmm. uh, but you don't need to go to university for me unless he wants to become a doctor you can't go like intern at a hospital without any like you know what I mean there's, so, there's some there's degrees some things, and specialties yeah. you're gonna things. have to go right yeah. fine I, I want the pilot who flies the plane to have gone through a, a rigorous course <laughs> yeah. I want the doctors about to open up my heart <laughs> to have 20, 30 years experience. You know how to read. And, and, and went to like <laughs> Oxford, right? We, yeah. want, we want these people. But the guy, you know what I mean? But not everybody has to be those people. No, not everyone has to be. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's the point, right? I do find that a lot of times when I'm comparing um, things that are happening like in the Middle East with, let's say, a more Western approach, like education or people's career paths. Like my friends, in hi- my friends who I grew up with in Canada or just how education works in the middle east there seems to be like one way to do things my from my personal experience there really is one main way to do things all the schools are pretty much structured the same you know like in canada no you'll have like a billion different versions of school and education and homeschooling and whatever you know community learning and then once you finish school then everybody goes to university or people at a certain income go to university then you have to find a traditional job like it just seems to be very structured sure uh and anybody who's like slightly out of that structure is just like a complete outcast like you said, like you feel like you have to do your masters because then your cousins, brothers, sisters, yeah. friends. I think I think about this a lot actually, and why Arabs and the Middle East is like that. And I've come up with a couple of theories. One, we are we're not first world countries. For sure. Right. So during times of war, the people who get out of it are the educated. So I understand why our parents do that. I also think there's something I've been, I've been there's a there's a thought maybe you guys can help me develop this. I've been trying to develop mm-hmm. I, I call it higher order thinking. Now there already is higher order thinking when it comes to like analytical thinking, right? Where the highest order is a evaluation analytical. I now have been thinking about higher order thinking in a different way. I'm kind of making up my own pyramid about this. Mm-hmm. Similar to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Where you have your basic there and then the top is uh, self actualization. I'm trying to taking the top as empathy. Uh, self-awareness accountability is my top mm-hmm. and then the bottom is your necessities right and for example in lebanon you worry about electricity 
three hours, four hours, five hours a day. You worry about running water three hours, four hours, five hours a day. You worry about, hey, am I going to go to a place and get bombed? Yeah. So I think the fact that us Arabs, we can't even get over that first rung of thinking. Yeah, yeah. No way we're going to get to self-actualization or we're going to get to self-awareness because we, we, we don't have the mental time to yeah. think about it. And that's why all the Arabs I meet, the ones who leave, right? They've changed compared to the ones who are still there, right? Because sure. they got the comfort of life to be actually start thinking about this higher order of thinking. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of been working on this for the last few yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. When you don't have the basic totally. necessities in life, you cannot then move on to, you know, the next stage. Yeah. Don't totally have to be empathetic where like my kids are dying from starvation. I'm not going to think about self-awareness, right? Yeah. Basically. Uh -huh. Yeah. No yeah, yeah. like my dad, if I, if I look at a, a, cu a cute cat video or something like that, my dad would be like, what about the children be Palestine? Like yeah. he uh -huh. cannot, he cannot <laughs> just be like, I can do both. Because yeah, well, he comes from, we, we come from war-torn countries, right? So for him, for our parents is being an engineer, gets you out of there. Being an engineer gets you successful, right? And they, it's I what got them out of there. Yeah, as well. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So my dad was an engineer as well. It what got him out of Lebanon to go work in Saudi Arabia to make his money, right? So that's how he... That's yeah, as in like for him, that was the track that was successful. Therefore, for you, that th That has track. to be the exact same successful, yeah. right? So it's interesting. It's very one-dimensional, you know? It is. But it's very one-dimensional. Different times, different solutions. 100%, for man. sure, for sure. Is uh, this transformation that you went through has anything related to the podcast or hundred percent other thing? Because I'm going through this whole thing and I'm like, one, I love to learn. I, I kind of found out my purpose. It's weird to say like, it sounds very cliche or non-authentic, but it's authentic to me. I found out my purpose, right? I mm -hmm. love to learn. Yeah, I really do. Like when I learn something, I'm actually genuinely happy, mm. right? And at the same time, I love to share what I learned. I love it. it I, like, I can't believe like, it. only clicked, what, maybe five months ago? It's, it kind of clicked in my head. I'm like, I'm really happy when I learn something and I share it. Hmm. So that, kind of, that became kind of my, my purpose and the podcast became the forum for that. Because I love the people I, I talk to. I talk to people from different walks of life, right? And the whole point is, is I don't, I don't want to script it. At first, actually, I always tell people, at first I tried to script it. It didn't work for me. Yeah. Now it's about we don't talk. I don't want to know nothing about you. We sit down, we talk. I want to learn on the spot. Uh -huh. I want to be authentic. I want to be genuine. I want to be raw. Yeah. And the people who listen will learn as I actually learn. So when I have, when I have, I have different people from different walks of life, because every, I think everyone has a different journey, no matter what you do in life. Maybe someone did something differently, right? There's always a lesson to learn and I want to learn. So the podcast became my hub for learning. And instead of me, either way, I'm going to talk to these people, It'd be over a coffee or over a drink. I'm going to have a chat with these people. So instead of me just doing it, why don't I just record it and hopefully someone else learns and adds values it's That's also about. i feel like it's also a very good reason to just reach out to people and be like hey i have a podcast let's 100%. have a chat yeah, let's link up yeah exactly. you, you talk to people you never thought you'd talk to exactly and you get make and you make great connections and you meet some great people and you also meet people that are full of it but that's okay i think you can still learn from someone's full of it because the lesson can be like don't be that way no oh, yeah it's still a lesson yeah totally still You're always learning for sure always learning so i'm like i just want to share that's why I did my newsletter. That's why I'm doing. That's why I read twelve books a month so I could learn and I pass it on to someone else. True, right? It was great having Digital Hoose on the show. The guy's definitely knowledgeable on a lot of things, and if you like what you heard from him, then definitely check out his podcasts. Let's take this online and the tangent. 
As for us, we'll leave you with the same requests as every time. Please give us the five-star rating, leave us a comment to read, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, and yeah, we have a YouTube page. Watch us on that too. And in your free time, tell your friends and family about how cool we are. See ya!